Hey y'all, what is happening? This is your man L Jamal coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. Of course, this is the place where you can say what you want as long as you've got them facts. Today, we have quite a bit to talk about. We are going to transition into the weekend. I think I got one more episode uh, that I can get out for you guys this week. So I'm going to uh, get this one into you today. Uh, maybe one more to wrap out everything, uh, wrap up everything on Sunday night. But for now, we have a War on the Street segment today. I will be filling you guys in on the MP. Uh, I actually wanted to take some time today to actually go over uh, what the articles, the original articles of impeachment are uh, referring to Donald Trump. Of course, uh, the House has, at least the Democrats in the House, have threatened to impeach Trump again. I don't know what the charges will be this time. Uh, They haven't revealed that. Of course, the impeachment that we are talking about now has not been official until, has not actually been made official until the document documentation is sent in so everything is in a standby right now but of course that is the movement of course so we're going to break down a little bit about the articles i'm going to talk about that and then i'm going to be talking about what the next uh step is in the terms of you know uh impeachment so what what do we do now uh what what is the congress going to do what is the senate going to do uh things of that nature we're going to i'm going to talk a little bit about that excuse me and then uh, later on, we're going to be going over some NFL action. Uh, I got some college, not necessarily some NFL action, but I got a top eight power ranking going into Sunday. I got some key matchups to go over. We're going to be talking some college football as well. We're going to be talking some recruiting. Of course, we'll be talking some ball games. And then finally, uh, to finish everything out, we'll be talking some NBA scores from uh, the night before. Uh, just a couple things. And then we wanted to go over uh, the big uh, matchup of the week so far uh, with LeBron and Kawhi facing off in LA. I want to talk a little bit about that and just the ramifications uh, from that. So we're going to talk, expand a little bit on that game a little bit as well. And then, um, yeah, then I'll get into what I got planned to wrap up everything uh, for the weekend. But let's get right into it, of course, with the world on the street. And like I said, this is pretty much going to be a info day at least on the on the impeachment now like i said there are new articles impeachment from the democrats uh a whole new impeachment process may be underway Uh, again this has not been made official because the original impeachment impeachment has not been made official but we'll talk about that in a little bit of uh, a little bit of time but i wanted to go over some of uh like i said i wanted to go over the articles of impeachment just so people can understand why is he being you know what what is the issue about uh what are the democrats talking about is it right for them to be doing this are they right had he has he really committed a crime and and all at the end of the day really uh is he going to be impeached for it so let's get into it one of the main uh one of the main tenets here was the abuse of power that trump showed uh this is some trans this is actually from the official impeachment uh the articles. Uh, they will go on to say, uh, they will on, go on to describe the abuse of power being crimes of treason, bribery, and solic- uh, soliciting interference from a foreign government, that being Ukraine. Uh, he did so, uh, he, well, he did 
show through a uh, through a scheme or course of conduct that included soliciting the government of the Ukraine to publicly announce investigations that would benefit his re-election uh, and harm election pro election prospects of another candidate and influence the 2020 U.S. Uh, presidential election to his advantage. Uh, I can agree with this because if you look at what happened in 2016, and again, this is not necessarily about being a Trump fan or a Democrat or whatever have you, uh, but if you go back to 2016, if you look at uh, where the popular polls were trending, if you look at where it, it seemed to be national sentiment uh, really riding, it seemed to be with Hillary for a majority of the election. However, I believe it was a day or so before the election is when uh, Donald Trump decided he was going to expose whatever emails and again, you know, proclaim that she's being investigated. Therefore, you know, ended her whole in her own her, her in her her chance of pretty much winning that election let's just be honest here that's what he did that's what he did in 2016 let's be honest here he was attempting to do that again in 2020 he was attempting to basically uh, eliminate joe biden from the presidential race again early uh basically an attempt to basically run unopposed because again he's running unopposed in the republican party nobody is going to be challenging him in any primary you haven't seen that one republican debate because again donald trump is going to be the man uh now and that's why again it's it makes it's it makes perfect sense because if you read the actual transcript of conversations again we've talked about it numerous times you hear donald say the keywords here i think this is why it's very important for people to actually read the transcript don't just let the news media outlets tell you uh, he should get impeached. He shouldn't get impeached. This isn't a crime. You should look at the transcript for yourself and really do, you know, do yourself, a, uh, you know, some justice and really use your brain here. And when somebody says, do me a favor and they go into, they pretty much tell, I mean, Trump pretty much in his own text, at, you know, in his own words, asked the government of Ukraine to investigate not only Joe Biden, but his son Hunter and also the company of CrowdStrike, uh, which investigated the 2016 in, in uh, the 2016 election. So, again, this is a this is a mighty web. I mean, again, the webs we weave, so on and so forth. That is an abuse of power. Uh, again, I, I know that on the surface, people will kind of want to dismiss that. But and it's again, it's similar uh, it's similar to the same path he took in 2016 when he, you know, you know, when he went up against Hillary Clinton. Uh, he was losing the popular vote for the majority of the election. Uh, he was pretty much on par to lose the election uh, until, you know, he, you know, he comes up with this bogus witch hunt that, again, just like with this investigation that the Ukrainians could have done for him. That, you know, if nobody found out about this plot, let's say, let's say, for instance, the the Ukrainians were able to, you know investigate and trump gave him the power to do so there will be it will be nothing that they would find that there will be nothing that the ukrainians would find but the just the mere mention of joe biden's name in a corruption investigation would do enough in an election like this to probably sway a lot of different voters just like it did in 2016 so the pattern is the same so i definitely believe that trump did that there's no uh there's there's no 
ifs, ands, and buts about that. He definitely abused his power. Uh, he definitely wanted to uh, control, uh, well, he definitely wanted to use at least the public announcement of an investigation against Joe Biden as something that hurt his presidential campaign because, of course, that is going to be the primary uh, candidate for the Democrats. Let's just keep it real here. That's period, point blank. Uh, that's that's an open and shut case. Uh, we're going to move on. Uh, up next, they talked a little bit about his treason. Uh, and again, this is excerpts from the actual articles. Uh, they will go on to say, in all of this, President Trump abused his power of the presidency by ignoring and injuring uh, injuring national security and other vital national uh, interests to obtain an improper personal benefit. He was also he also betrayed the nation by abusing his high office to enlist a foreign power in corrupting democratic elections yes uh again it's uh, what you what you are reading here is of course it sounds all like indictments and it kind of is because in reality again he it's in the it's in again i i implore people look up the transcript don't just take my word for it do not take fox's uh, fox news's word for it do not take cnn and even msnbc a lot of these people who are going to be pro impeach trump let's get him out of here do your homework for yourself actually look at the transcripts trump is asking uh vladimir well trump asked vladimir Zelensky to involve himself uh by investigating joe biden uh and that would in, in all in all you know let's be honest here in all reality that type of investigation or the again the media uh, publicity from an investigation like that, a quote-unquote investigation like that, would negatively harm Joe Biden's campaign. So again, that is again, and and what we don't know, and which the the common, well, what we don't, what we're not always uh, privy to as the American populace is when the U.S. engages in acts like this again, and, and they try, and I will do my best to word this out in a way that this makes sense. When the U.S. engages in activities like this, because this is what they were saying in the first couple of days of the of the hearings, uh, the impeachment hearings, when you had like guys like uh, uh, Volmer, I think, and stuff like that, the, the actual, you know, U.S. A's that were, you know, either in on the conversation, knew about the conversation, all those guys, uh, they were saying that this uh, these type of behaviors expose the United States to countries such as Russia to uh, the, you know, and especially because this is Eastern Europe definitely up to Russia and again it makes us look a little bit you know suspect so again it it, it makes Russia want to react in a certain way because it feels that it's seeing us you know tr it, it sees us operating underhandedly in order to get something out of out of Ukraine and Ukraine is pretty much within this the former Soviet sphere of influence so again there that's issues within that you have russia looking at that situation like well what is what is the u.s choosing the ukraine for why why is that happening so again you you have some of that there is some animosity still between the two countries because of that situation and nobody's nobody's really looking into that situation uh and but the people such as the michael boltons have mentioned it i can't remember the other guy's name uh, i don't want to say so, it's not Sondland, uh but i think it was volmer one of those guys volk volk uh, Volkner or something like that but they pretty much were saying that this exposes the 
U.S. to more uh, political uh, animosities towards, you know, Russia. And uh, it opens us to more conflict, further conflict. It could open us up to further conflict with Russia. Um pretty much uh now uh we're gonna move on from that last part here and then one more part i wanted to bring up was the obstruction of congress now you can say what you want here this is pretty much open and shut uh this is again coming from the excerpts of the articles impeachment donald j trump has directed uh directed the unprecedented categorical and indiscriminate defiance of subpoenas by the house of representatives uh what that states here is basically donald Trump is again not participating. He's not uh, doing his part by, you know, providing the subpoenas, uh, even maybe even being uh, sitting down to be uh, cross examined. He's not allowing the people who work with him to do it, i.e., the Rudy Giuliani's, uh, the Mike Mulvaney's, the people that, you know, conducted the phone conversation. Um, and again, I would like to ask anybody, how would you feel if Hillary was the president and she was doing these type of situations and uh, she was giving up no subpoenas? You'd be ready to hang her, right? I'm telling you, this is how these Republicans talk. Again, if it was Obama, you'd be feeling the same way. You'd be wanting to hang him. You'd be surprised with these, with these pro-Trump, these crazy pro-Trump, and these crazy white Republican nationalists will say, uh, and what they post online. They'll have pictures of Obama hung for what they believed he did against the U.S. Uh, the U.S. populace. But Trump is again exposing us to Russia, trying to get us into some situation with that. And not only that, uh, basically. Uh, in, in all, in all, in all due, you know, in all due fairness, disrespecting the Constitution that y'all claim y'all, y'all all are all about. But again, when you strip rights from other people, when you fight to strip rights from other people for years and years and years and years against other people getting civil rights and stuff like that, it makes perfect sense. But again, Trump. You know, you can't again, I, I just I just want to know how many of you regular guys cannot, you know, follow through with a subpoena if somebody asks you for it. I just want to know how many of you regular guys, black, white, Mexican can just sit there and say, I'm not going to. Oh, you, I, you want me to participate in your investigation? You want me to participate in your in your uh, trial? No, I'm not. Yeah. OK, right. I mean, I mean, I get it. You know, money talks and bullshit walks. Of course, we're seeing that in this country day in and day out. But again, this is why they should not be running our country. I have no problem with them, uh, you know, having, I, you know, and I don't even have a problem with there being a, you know, a business segment in our own government that he might oversee. Uh, you know, I would be all for that if he wants to help you know, the economy in some type of way that's not in the form of being a president. He's not a president, dude. He's just a rich CEO that's trying to masquerade as a president. And again, you can talk about all the leaps and bounds of the economy uh, and talk about the jobs. We talked about the jobs. The jobs are not shit. They don't pay. Uh, they don't pay relative enough in terms of the, the cost of living. Uh, they, not all these jobs uh, provide, uh, you know, uh, what is that? Uh, Health care, uh, whether that be insurance, so on and so forth. We've talked about this. Uh, this actually spending is down. That's why they had to stop the tariffs for the Christmas uh, for the Christmas uh, a period uh, because nobody's spending. Spending uh, spending is not growing as it should. And again, we talked about it. Spending is a part of this GDP. So again, I I don't see where he's really helping. Uh, we have a two percent. Yes, we had a two percent tax cut. We take a little bit more money home, but just a little bit more money home uh, again i'm not i'm not seeing it i i again 
You can make a case for the corporations, certain small businesses, sure. Uh, the working class, anybody below that, I no, they're, they're, they're stuck. And I, I, I think that's the issue uh, with the other side. Again, we, we talk all the things that we want to talk about, the liberals and all that. But the, the, the conservatives have their issues, too. And there's plenty of people that are not being having their needs met. Uh, we've talked about the median income ho per household. We've talked about this. Uh, again, the economy is only uh, good for the rich. This only affects what they want to do. Again, Trump is not responsible for creating jobs. It's the corporation. The corporations are making money because you've been you've been buying from them. You've been spending your money and investing with them. So they figure, oh, okay, well, we have this extra surplus. Let's invest in some employment. Let's invest in some uh, employees. If nobody was spending, if businesses were really down, uh, nobody's being hired. We're just, you know, again, the job again, the job market is saturated with low income, with low paying jobs, no high skill positions. Uh, even even they're at they're they're asking people who have college degrees to work for, you know, 15, 16 bucks an hour. So it's ridiculous, you know, and they're not hiring the fields in which people study for. And that's and that's unfortunate. You know, it's like you might as well not work you might as well get the trade again or you know find something uh entrepreneurial you know but again the i mean if you're if you're working for a corporation i guess you know all all of the power to you if you're working for you know big corporations or the the energy sector yeah you're making you're making some decent money but if you're working retail if you're working nine to fives eh, good luck you know for the majority of us eh, you know whatever um and there's another part of this obstruction of justice as well. Without lawful cause or excuse, President Trump directed executive branch agencies, offices and officials, again, like I said before, not to comply with these subpoenas. Again, you can't do this. You, this is not uh, this is not, you know, possible. Again, you if there is an investigation, if there's a pending investigation and you are in, involved in it, you have to comply. And it does not matter if you're the president. It shouldn't matter if you're the president. Because, again, I can see. See, y'all will you will come up with any excuse to let Donald Trump get away with this and all that. But I know for a fact y'all could say whatever you want. If it was Obama, the world, everybody in this country would be up in a shitstorm. So I don't want to hear all that. Even black people would be like, um, is he allowed to do that? Is it okay? But if somehow it's the white dude and everybody, well, hey. If it happens, it happens. Uh, again, he's broken the law. Uh, they are trying to, and now when I say certain days, I'm talking about the Fox Newses. Uh, they want to make this as benign as possible because, uh, again, again, and it, it, it all becomes it, well, it's all relative because they control. Well, the Republicans control the, the the Senate, and the Republicans control the court if it gets that far. So they want to make this as minute as possible because they feel this should not have been an issue. There's not too much the Democrats can do if they can't convince the Senate to act upon it. That's the whole thing. I did talk a little bit about the Republican super. I mentioned a Republican super PAC being formed. I'll have to talk about a little bit of that a little bit um, later on down the line. Some more, uh, just as as the news develops about that. Uh, so there are splinters in the Republican Party. I am starting to see, but I don't. I don't know if it's enough to. Uh, overturn what they want. It, it seems to me that they're going to ride with the majority wants to ride with Trump through Mitch, Mc, Mitch McConnell's, Lindsey Graham's. Uh, they're going to ride with Trump. 
a lot of these guys. I, I saw, you know, the the uh, the hearings, the impeachment hearings. You know who's in the circle. And it's a lot of different. It's a lot of a lot of Republicans. So I don't I don't see it going down without a fight. Um, again, the Republicans, I mean, the Democrats were right for bringing this to light. And it's good for us to know. Uh, and, you know, again, if if. You know, and, but it doesn't matter because, again, we can be well, I mean, and, and and again, it does matter because if he doesn't get impeached, we have a, a opportunity to vote again. But thank goodness this plot. I'm, I'm kind of glad this plot kind of unraveled itself because, again, at least Joe Biden has somewhat a fair platform instead of a, uh, instead of a fake, you know, a fake investigation over his head that wasn't going to really bring about anything any, anyway. Uh, that's why they went to the Ukraine instead of going to the FBI because it was a bullshit, it was a bullshit accusation, it was a bullshit story that the Trump party was coming up with. They just wanted to just wreck the election. And uh, again, you know, Trump is running unopposed on the Republican ticket and they want to just take out the, make it make it easy and just take out the Democrats early before before 2020. Uh, again, this is just what the, the Democrats are trying to do as well. So it's, it's you know, it's party versus party. Uh, I don't know who's really for anybody's best interest right now because you can say what you want about all these jobs we talked about we've broken down the jobs the spending that we're doing uh what we're taking home in terms of our paycheck we've broken it we're breaking it all down here um republicans republican cities suck a lot of democratic cities suck so uh again going into 2020 i'm more concerned with who, what candidate i guess or what are we as a community uh, as these communities going to be doing across the states to you know protect ourselves in our best interest i i, I say maybe you know outside of the, the i guess the national election the presidential election i think we really take we need to take these local elections seriously i think uh we we i mean whoever makes it in terms of the, the presidential election whatever uh hopefully we, we will be able to check them uh in the senate that's that's hopefully uh anybody's case or at least you know i don't know i don't know but because the at the, at the moment i'm seeing uh, a political battle right now and it's starting to become very obvious um you have one side you know trump and, and the republicans and again you have the democrats and they're both kind of in, in all reality they're both playing the same games you know and then and, and it's kind of in a way it's kind of getting old it's really kind of getting old and i just want to see uh if anything the best candidate in 2020 win and uh i don't even know who that is yet so i'm more so focused on that all right y'all i'm gonna take a quick break and uh, when i come back i'll be talking some nfl of course i got a power eight my power ain't sorry my top eight power rankings and then i got some uh takeaways a couple takeaways from uh last week and then um i got some key matchups as well all right y'all be right back All right, y'all, I'm going to take a dive here into the NFL, and I'm going to talk my top eight power rankings uh, for week 17, of course. This is going to be the last power rankings for the, least, for the season. So let's start with number eight, and we got the Texans here at 10 and 5. Of course, they recently wrapped up a wild card spot. They will be making it to the playoffs again. They also wrapped up the AFC South Divisional title as well. J.J. Rott will not be in will not be active this weekend but will be returning for the playoffs with him the team 
uh, is eight. Well, was 18th overall defense and also eighth against the run. Uh, but without him, the team has slipped to 20th and 28th in overall defense and 20th against the run. Uh, he is looking to shoring up a defensive line uh, that is likely to be at least defensively one of this team's key components. I know Deshaun uh, Deshaun Watson plays pretty, pretty well at the quarterback position. They have DeAndre Hopkins there uh, out wide, uh, but the running game uh, leaves a lot to be desired. Desired, and so does the the rest of that defense outside of the defensive line. Uh, but let's move on to number seven. We have the Seahawks here. They are 11 and four. Uh, they recently signed running backs Marshawn Lynch and Robert Turbin, two OGs for the squad. Of course, this is in wake of not only their starting quarter, their starting running back, excuse me, Chris Carson, uh, the fifth. Uh, the fifth leading rusher in the, of the of the in the league, and also the backup Rashad Penny going down with an ACL. Both of those guys are on the the IR, so they will not be returning for the rest of the year. Uh, with that being said, Travis Homer is expected to take the start for the Seahawks. Very interesting. And the big question coming out of Seattle is how much does Rosh, uh, Marshawn, excuse me, have in the tank, and does he have another beast quake in him? Um, and again, we're getting close to the playoffs, so. That, I mean, again, he's a very solid back. I think it was a smart pickup by them, you know, because I think he's the best available. But just how much left does he really have? Let's move on to number six. We have the Chiefs here at 11-4 and four as well. They can clinch the number two seed with a win this weekend and also a New England loss. Uh, their, def- their defense has looked a lot better over the past couple of weeks. With that being said, they've been playing some inept offenses. Some of those teams have, have had inept offenses. But uh, for what it's worth, the Chiefs have improved. They are at 11-4 right now, and they have a chance for a number two seed going into the playoffs. At number five, we have the Packers here. They are 12 and three. They are the NFC North champ, and they are currently fighting excuse me, for the number one seed in the NFC. Of course, that battle is going to be between the Seahawks, the Packers, and of course, the Niners, as well as the Saints. Uh, it's a four-way battle for number one in the NFC. Uh, so, that's going to be interesting to look at. I think the Packers have a pretty easy uh, game this weekend against the against the Lions. I think they can do their their part definitely uh, to make sure that they get it. Uh, let's move on to number four. We have the Saints here at 12 and three. Uh, of course, this team of course has the record breakers Drew Brees and recently Michael Thomas, who uh, re- whose recent 144 receptions is the most in an NFL season. He beat out Marvin Harrison's record. Uh, this is a t- this is also uh, with all that being said though, with all the records being broke broken on the offensive side of the ball, this team can play some defense as well. They are 12th in overall defense. And they with 333 yards allowed, they are also fifth against the rush. The big thing about, about this defense, though, is that I think they give up too many points, uh, to be honest with you. They keep teams uh, really close. They keep teams in it. And I think a lot of these teams can take advantage of that deeper into the playoffs. And I do think they get they this is a team that can at least get to the NFC Championship. <clears throat> Let's move on to number three. We have the Niners here also at 12 and three. Of course, the NFC West is up for grabs this weekend against Seattle. Their last game was a 31 to 34 win against LA. Uh, and like I said, uh, the NFC West is on the line. And I think, I don't, well, of course, without the starting running backs for Seattle, I think you can give the Niners the edge there. I think the only player that will miss any time this weekend could be uh, D Ford, even that's not 100%. So uh, the 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 Seahawks go down a couple key players, like I said, especially in the running game. 
I give the Niners a nod in that one. I definitely, in my opinion, think they have done enough to hold on to at least the number one seed in the NFC. Up next at number two, we have the Patriots. They are also 12-3. and three. Uh, They have a first-round playoff bye. Uh, if they can win this weekend, uh, they are the second. They are currently second in the AFC playoff race, of course, at a big win last weekend against Buffalo. They are looking to, uh, again, uh, that cemented another AFC East title. So they are just looking to cement a first-round bye. Um, again, this team is does what it does. I mean, they have not looked perfect this year, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, but defensively, they stepped up, and it's been enough for them to for, for miraculously only have three losses. And finally, at number one, uh, my number one here, I have the Ravens at 13 and two. Their last game was a 31 to 15 win at Cleveland. Of course, that dumpster fire. Uh, the Ravens are currently first and sworn with 33.5 points, 33 and a half points a game. Excuse me. And they are also uh, third in scoring defense with just 18 uh, point one points allowed a game. This team can run the ball. Lamar Jackson can say what he wants. He can pass the ball. He's very efficient. I don't care so much about. I mean, I, I think over time the goal is to get him to develop uh to maybe a two uh, at least a 250 yard a game maybe a 300 yard a game pass or whatever i don't think i mean and until he's you know you know well into his 30s you know maybe you know early 30s then maybe you can you know completely shut him off from running but I think, you know, for what it's worth, he's going to be getting his arm together. And I don't think he needs to be a 300-yard-a-game quarterback if he's going to be throwing four or five touchdowns a game. I think uh, if he can avoid the one-touchdown games, two touch too many of the two-touchdown games, and I think he's going to avoid a lot of the pitfalls that Dak has avoided. But on top of that, he wins because he has a solid running game he can rely on with Mark Ingram. And he does have receivers he can throw the ball to as well as tight ends. And then that defense, uh, from top to bottom, one of the best defenses in the league. Of course, like I just said, they are third in scoring defense. They only give up 18 points a game. They don't even give, they don't even give up three touchdowns a game. That's what their average score is. So again, you don't score a lot on them, and they score a lot on you. That is the key to winning. Period. And I think the Ravens can do that right now. And I also feel like they are a favorite in the AFC to make it to the Super Bowl. That's me. That's just my personal opinion. I think this team uh, definitely has a shot. But let's move on. Um, a couple more things I wanted to go over real quick. I wanted to go over all the games uh, coming up this Sunday. Of course, this is the final week of the season. Uh, we're going to start everything off with a NFC, uh, NFC North, excuse me, an NFC North matchup between the Packers and the Lions. The Packers go into this one 12 and three. The Lions are three and 11 with that one tie uh, in the beginning of the season. Uh, the Packers, of course, this is this is easy money for them. Look for them to hold on and possibly challenge for a number one seed in the playoffs. Up next, we have an AFC East matchup between the Bills and the Jets. Uh, for this one, uh, the Bills are in here at 10 and five, the Jets are six and nine. I like the Bills in this one, of course. They are looking to pad up that record, uh, looking to solidify, maybe just solidify playoff placement. Uh, moving on, we have the Patriots. This is an easy matchup for them. They are coming in there 12 and three. We already discussed that. They'll be facing off against the Dolphins who are four and 11. Again, this is an easy three to four touchdown win by the Patriots uh, they show out they should show out in the final game of the year why not especially against a team like the Dolphins I don't see why they shouldn't up next we have the Chiefs uh, matching up against the Chargers here uh, now on the paper it would it would seem like the Chiefs are the favorites uh, but you know this is an AFC West matchup the, Ch the Chargers recently played uh, Oakland really close 
I think they could possibly get the Chiefs a run for their money. This is possibly uh, Phillip Rivers' last game. I might put that game on upset alert, uh, but don't be surprised if Kansas City can uh, pull that one out. Uh, up next, we have the Bengals and the Browns to battle for for Ohio. Uh, yeah, the Bengals coming into this one 1-14, one the Browns 6-9. They're just fighting for bragging rights at this point. Nothing really to prove here. Uh, if you want to take the watch, if you want to watch for it, uh, I guess what you would want to see is to see uh, if OBJ and Jarvis Landry and OB and Baker Mayfield cannot have some type of mental breakdown and blame it all on Freddie Kitchens if they lose. That'll be the only interesting thing to see there. Up next, we have the Saints and the Panthers. I think this is an easy uh, close-cut case here. The Saints won this one pretty easily. Uh, the Saints, of course, we talked about them at 12-3. and three. The Panthers are at 5-10. and 10. Not much to say here. Uh, the, the league has figured out Kyle Allen and, uh, yeah, and then they put in Will Greer. And uh, that hasn't worked for the Panthers either. So, moving on. We got another NFC South matchup between the Buccaneers and the Falcons. The Buccaneers are 7-8, and eight, looking to get to 500. And the Falcons are 7-9. and 6-9, uh, uh, excuse me. I think Jameis Winston sucks. And if I were the Buccaneers, I'd be moving on from him. I don't care about excitement. I don't care about having fun. If you throw a lot of interceptions, I don't want you as my quarterback. Um... I don't care about who wins that game. Moving on, we got the Jags and the Colts. This game is kind of important to me because if the Colts can miraculously, well, the Colts can win this game, if I'm not mistaken, they can, uh, it allows the Raiders by some magical way or the other way around if they lose. I don't, whatever. This game is important because somehow it has implications on if the Raiders can go to the playoffs. So uh, the, the, the Colts coming into this one, seven and eight, Jags coming here to five and ten. Both of these teams are trash. I do like Jacoby Brissett though, so I got the, the Colts in this one winning a, winning a by a slim margin. Up next, we have the Eagles versus the Giants here. Uh, the Eagles coming to this one eight and seven. The Giants are four and eleven. Uh, the Eagles have done what it takes to pull out of the weak NFC East. Although Dallas does have a shot if they're able to win and the Eagles lose. I don't see the Giants. Oh, well, the last time they did match up, Daniel Jones had a pretty good had a pretty good game. Uh, I'm gonna give the benefit of the doubt to the Eagles. I think they have too much on the line right now. I don't think they go too far in the playoffs. Uh, even if Dallas were to pull off the pull off, you know, some miracle and make it to the playoffs, I don't think they go far either. Uh, so there you go. Up next, we have the uh, the Rams facing off against the Cardinals. The Rams coming to this one at eight and seven. They've been eliminated from postseason play. The uh, the Cardinals have already been done that. They've been out of the race. They are five and nine with one tie. Not much to say here. Two non-playoff bound teams in the NFC West. Um, the only thing you can talk about here, the real storyline, is how far have the Rams fallen off? Uh, every Super Bowl loser seems to do that. I don't, I don't know. Uh, moving on, we have the Steelers facing off against the Ravens. Uh, the Ravens coming to this one, of course, thirteen to two. The Steelers are eight and seven. I like the Steelers. I, I mean, I'm sorry. I like the Ravens in this one. Uh, there's no real advantage the Steelers coming to the, the Steelers have coming in this one. Uh, and uh, up next, we have the Texans and the Titans. This is the last matchup of the year in the AFC South. Uh, the Texans are 10 and 5. Titans are 8 and 7. Tannehill has been playing really some some really good football lately. I think the Titans can pull off an, a last, you know, last weekend upset, uh, maybe solidify a playoff spot for themselves. 
Uh, I like the Titans. They 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 feel like they they you know they they have a competent quarterback for what it's worth. Uh, Tannehill has has matured. They have Derrick Henry. The running game is, is solid. I don't know too much about the defense, but it plays solid enough. I I like the Titans' chances in this one. I think they pull off the upset. They win by at least a touchdown. Uh, up next, we have the Raiders and the Broncos, AFC West rivals. Uh, this is the last time they they take off against each other in this capacity. Uh, the Raiders coming to this one seven to eight. The Broncos are six and nine. I'm gonna talk about that one in just a second. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a couple key matches that I wanted to bring up. So I'll bring that one and bring bring that one back up in just a little bit. Uh, we have the, the Redskins and the Cowboys here. Uh, the Cowboys, of course, are seven and eight and have a chance to sneak into the playoffs if the Eagles lose. The Redskins are three and twelve. I uh, I like the Cowboys' chances, but that's not saying much. And there's no guarantee that they make it to the playoffs with a win. So I will still get the Cowboys the props there. Um, they win that one by at least two touchdowns. They should. They better. Uh, and let's talk about the key matchups, of course. Uh, the first one I'm going to go over here is the Raiders and the Broncos, of course. The, uh, the, Bronco, uh, the Raiders coming in this one, like I said, 7-8 seven, seven and eight with a chance to uh, go to the playoffs if a couple other things happen. A couple of teams need to lose. One team needs to win, I believe. I don't know. It's complicated. Um, yeah, that's all I can say. But let's break down this this matchup real quick. Brandon Jacobs, uh, defensive back, uh, defensive back Trayvon Mullen, and also safety Lamarcus Joyner are all suffering through some injuries right now. Uh, but they look to be healing to some extent, and I think they all should be ready for Sunday. Uh, but with that being said, I will say a couple things about the, the Denver about Denver real quick. They are sixth in pass defense. Uh, the the only real highlight next to Brandon Jacobs is probably Derek Carr, despite what people might say about him. He throws the ball decently despite not having any receivers. But with that being said, Denver has the sixth best pass defense in the league with just 215 yards per game. And that's pretty much what we get a game uh, passing. So uh, I don't think if that bodes well, I think that's going to be a tough matchup. And also you have to look out for Drew Locke. Uh, he has six touchdowns or three interceptions since he's been uh, playing. And he usually balls out against teams with weak pass defenses, which the Raiders have. This one will not be the same game it was uh, in, in week one. This will be a, this this will be some points, some some points being scored, and I I just hope uh, that we don't get embarrassed and Denver just decides they want to get hot just to embarrass us the last game of the season because we do have a shot at the playoffs. That's what I'm I'm hoping. And somebody like Brandon Perna, aka That's Good Sports, uh, take a shout out. I'm taking a shout out for him. Check him out too. Um, I would hate for him to just be just have something to gloat about going into the rest of the season and all those those Bronco fans. Um, I would at least like to challenge for a spot or at least finish the year eight and eight. It would be ugly to lose uh, to a, a rookie quarterback like that. Um, so I, I, my, you know, you got Lindsey. I'm sorry, Philip Lindsey for the Broncos getting a couple hundred yard games recently as well. So this is not a gimme for the Raiders. Um, I think they can pull it out, but by a field goal, by three, and uh, it'll it'll be at least I see maybe 27-24 Raiders, 27-24 Raiders. And if the Broncos win, they might score like 30 on us. It might be like 30 to 20, 
that's the case, yeah. Uh, but moving on, we have the final key matchup, of course, the Niners and the Seahawks. Uh, of course, these uh, the Niners are 12 and three, the Seahawks are 11 and four. Uh, for Seattle, uh, they are f facing some offensive line issues. Their starting left tackle, Dwayne Brown, is out. Uh, and last week, they would give up five sacks in that loss to Arizona. Uh, Beast Mode is back, uh, but the question is how much of a factor he will he be since he is not going to be the starter. Uh, as far as the Niners are concerned, like I said, D Ford is likely to be the only person out, and uh, they have not gotten as many sacks on the past few. Have, have they have not gotten many sacks in the past few weeks? But the last matchup they had against the Seahawks, I believe they got four or five. So uh, I, I think this is a close one. Um, Beast Mode might be a factor. I think if Beast Mode comes in there. You know, healthy and really ready to go in football shape. Cause I, he looks to be, he looks to be in some shape. He looks to be strong. He's always looked strong. Um, I don't know if he's ready to, you know, take the pounding of an NFL game. If he can just go in there and do that. But if he can go in there and do that and provide some, uh, for some rest from for Travis Homer, um, I think that bodes well because it's not like he doesn't know the offense. Seattle was smart by getting two running backs that they formerly employed because they don't have to change the they don't have to change the, the game plan too much. They actually did that smart. Uh, now the question is how much again how much energy does beast mode have can he can he get us can he get not us but can he get the seahawks about 70 maybe 80 yards help out travis homer uh who you know has not played too many snaps uh that's going to be the major thing here and, and really since travis homer is getting the start how well is he going to do uh, so we have to, it's a couple factors there. I got the Niners winning the close one. I just think that the, the 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 issues here in the running game and in the offensive line for Seattle are a little bit uh, too big uh, to just address within a week or so. So I'm gonna have the the, the Niners here uh, by at least a touchdown in this one. All right, y'all. I'm gonna take another quick break, and when we come back, we'll be talking some college football. Uh, like I said, we're gonna be talking some ball games, and of course, uh, we'll be going over some recruiting news as well. All right, y'all, I'll be right back. All right, y'all, let's get into some college football. Uh, first, I'm going to start off with some scores, some ball games from this course of this week. Uh, starting off with Monday, we have the Gasparilla Ball against UCF, a.k.a. Central Florida and Marshall. UCF got the win this one, 48-25. Uh, UCF finishes the year at 10-3. and Marshall finishes at 8-5. and five. Uh, For UCF, the Golden Knights on offense will be led by quarterback Dylan Gabriel. He will go 14-24 for 260 yards. He also had two touchdown passes and also a rushing touchdown. Running back George McCray will lead the way for the Knights with 80 rushing yards and also a touchdown. And also, uh, running back Ventavious Thompson would have 74 rushing yards. Raw receiver Marlon Williams would have seven catches for 132 yards and a touchdown. And running back Otis Anderson would have five catches uh, for for 69 yards and also a touchdown. On defense, Central Florida was led by linebacker Nate Evans, who had 12 total tackles in the sack. Defensive lineman Randy Charlton, who had seven total tackles in the sack. And defensive back Richie Grant, who had 10 total tackles in the interception and also Antoine Collier at the defensive back, a defensive back who had six total tackles and an interception to add to that as well. Uh, for the Thundering Herd, uh, as for the Thundering Herd, Marshall, uh, they were 
led offensively by quarterback Isaiah Green. He would go 9 of 23 for 173 yards. He would also throw a touchdown, but he also threw two interceptions. He also had a rushing touchdown to add to that. Running back Brandon Knox would have 103 rushing yards, and wide receiver Willie Johnson would have seven receiving yards and a touchdown. Uh, for uh, for the Thundering Herd, defensively they were led by defensive lineman Marquise Couch. He had nine total tackles and also safety Nazay Johnson. He had uh, ten total tackles. Excuse me. Uh, up next on Tuesday you had the Hawaii Ball. Uh, this was played between BYU, uh, aka Brigham Young University, and also Hawaii. Um, Hawaii gets the one in this one, 38 to 34. Let's break this one down. On offense, BYU was led by quarterback Zach Wilson. He went 24-40 for 274 yards. He threw two interceptions. He also had 72 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. Running back Tyler Algier would have 77 rushing yards and running back Zachary Katoa would have 51 rushing yards and a touchdown. Quarterback Micah Simon would also run for a touchdown as well and tight end Matt Bushman would have six catches for 91 yards. On defense, the Cougars were led by linebacker Isaiah Kalfusi. He had seven total tackles. Linebacker uh, Kavik Fanua, he had six total tackles and a sack. And also defensive lineman J.J. Nguigwe, he had two sacks. For uh, Hawaii, the Rainbow Warriors were led by led on offense by quarterback Cole McDonald, who went 28 of 46 for 493 yards. He also had four touchdowns. He also had a rushing touchdown to add to that as well. Miles Reed was a leading receiver, was a leading rusher uh, with 17 yards on the ground. Wide receiver JoJo Ward had seven catches for 159 yards. Wide receiver Jared Smart would have another seven catches for 142 two yards and two touchdowns and wide receivers uh wide receiver jason matthew sharsh had seven total tackles for 90 yards and a touchdown and wide receiver nick Mardner would have two catches for 62 yards and a touchdown defensively hawaii was led by defensive back corey bethy he had 10 total tackles and two interceptions and defensive lineman Derek thomas he would have nine total tackles and a sack and also defensive back eugene ford he would have seven total tackles uh Moving on, uh, we got the Independence Bowl. We had these two games last night. We had the Independence Bowl and the Quick Lane Bowl. Uh, in the Independence Bowl, we had Louisiana Tech getting it done against Miami. 14-0 uh, was the final score there. Uh, in the, I'm sorry, Louisiana Tech finishes the year 10-3. and Miami uh, finishes the year 6-7. and uh, For Louisiana Tech, on offense, they were led by quarterback Jamar, Jamar Smith. He went 13-28 excuse me, for 163 yards. He also would throw in a, a touchdown and an interception. He also added a touchdown on the ground. Running back Justin Henderson would have 95 rushing yards. And wide receiver Malik Stanley would have three catches for 75 yards. Uh, running back Israel Tucker would have a receiving touchdown. Uh, on defense, uh, the Bulldogs were led by linebacker Connor Taylor. He had nine total tackles and one and a half sacks. Defensive line, defensive end, excuse me, Milton Williams would have five total tackles and one and a half sacks. Safety Ezekiel Barnett would have six total tackles in the sack. And defensive back Aaron Robinson would have five total tackles and an interception. And finally, linebacker Trey Baldwin would, have an, would add an interception to that as well. For Miami, 
Miami. Uh, it's a bunch of difficulties offensively. They had a couple quarterbacks uh, take some snaps under center. Uh, Jaron Williams would go 9 to 20 for 94 yards in an interception, and Nicosi Perry would go 5 of 13 for 52 yards in an interception. Running back Cameron Harris would have 31 rushing yards, and wide receiver KJ Osborne would have five catches for 56 yards. On defense, the Hurricanes were led by linebacker uh, Sam Brooks Jr. He had 12 total tackles. Defensive lineman Scott Patchton would have uh, eight total tackles and one and a half sacks, and also defensive lineman Gregory Rousseau would have five total tackles and uh, one and a half sacks. In the quick lane ball, uh, Pittsburgh will get a win against Eastern Michigan. 34 to 30 will be the final score here. Pittsburgh finishes the year at 8 and 5. Eastern Michigan finishes at 6 and 7. Uh, we're going to break down the stats in this one, uh, on, on this one as well. For Pittsburgh, on offense, they were led by quarterback Kenny Pickett, who went 27 to 39. For 361 yards and also three touchdowns. Running back Vincent Davis would have 69 rushing yards and a touchdown. Oops, we also got wide receiver uh, Maurice French getting 12 catches for 165 yards and a touchdown. And wide receiver, uh, wide receivers Jared Wayne and Tysir Mack would, have, would also catch touchdown passes as well. On defense, uh, on defense, Pittsburgh was led by uh, Damar Hamlin, he had 13 total tackles and an interception. Defensive back Paris Ford, who had 11 total tackles, and also Phil Campbell, he would have four total tackles and two sacks. And for Eastern Michigan, on offense, they were led by quarterback Mike Lass, who would have who would go to it, 28 of 50 for 311 passing yards. He also would have two touchdowns, and he would throw for interception. He would also be the team's leading rusher with 83 yards and a touch uh, touchdown. Um, Wide receiver Hassan Beydoun will be the leading receiver for the Eagles with nine catches and 113 yards. Uh, wide receiver uh, Queenon Williams would have two catches uh, for 68 yards and also a touchdown. And wide receiver Arthur Jackson III would have seven total catches and 53 yards and a touchdown. On, e on defense, Eastern Michigan was led by linebacker Kobe Beltram, who had 12 total tackles, and also defensive back Vince Calhoun who had 11 total tackles. Uh, let's move on. Uh, we're going to be talking about the top 25 recruiting class, uh, top 25 recruiting class so far this year. Uh, this has been the early signing period. Uh, so we're going to take a check. We're going to take a look in and see uh, how the top 25 teams in the country are doing in terms of recruiting. Uh, so we're going to start off at number 25 with uh, Mississippi State. Uh, so far, they have 21 overall commits, including five four-star and 16 three-star recruits including notable signees running back Joel Quavius Marks who was the 15th rated four-star running back in the nation and also the number 18 four-star recruit out of Georgia they also brought in uh, defensive back Emmanuel Forbes who was the number 12 four-star recruit in the nation and also the number two overall uh, four-star commit coming out of Mississippi and finally they brought in defensive end 
Jordan Davis, who is the number four nationally nationally rated four-star recruit and also the number one four-star defensive and prospect in the nation and also the number one four-star recruit coming out of the state of Mississippi. Uh, so we're already starting off with somewhat of a bang. Uh, let's move on to number 24. Uh, we have Georgia Tech. They brought in 24 commits, including six four-star and also 18 three-star recruits. At number 23, we have Kentucky here, who brought in 21 overall, 21 guys, uh, including five four-star and 16 three-star commits. Up next at number 22, we have Stanford here. They brought in 20 commits. Uh, they also brought in seven four. That includes seven four-star recruits and also 12 three-star recruits. At 21, we have Florida here. They brought in 18 commits uh, so far. Uh, they brought in nine four-star and also eight three-star recruits. At number 18, uh, sorry, at number 20, we have Nebraska here. Uh, they brought in 24 recruits, 10 four-star recruits, and also 14 uh, three-star recruits. So although um, they had a bad season uh, this year, they're, they're, they're starting off recruiting pretty well under Scott Frost. Uh, his first couple of seasons have not been so good in terms of the record, uh, but he's still recruiting some quality uh, some quality talent uh, from the, at least in the top, the, well, at least in the bottom uh half he is in the lead with four star recruits so at least you know with the bottom the bottom tier teams here he has the most amount of four star recruits so uh good luck to nebraska they are looking to improve within that big 10 uh conference uh conference at number 19 we have north carolina here they brought in 26 total commits including seven four seven four star recruits and also uh 17 three star commits uh moving on uh, we're gonna go to number 18 uh we have our our team with the with our first uh, five-star recruits. This is Oregon. They brought in 20 commits. Uh, they have two five-star recruits, six five, six four-star recruits, and also 12 three-star recruits, including notable signings, uh, linebackers Justin Flo, who was the number four uh, rated prospect in the nation. Uh, he's also the number one linebacker and uh, linebacker in the nation as well, and also the number one prospect coming out of the state of California. Up next, you have another linebacker here. Noah Sewell is his name. He is a number 23 nationally re recruited, nationally rated recruit. He is also the number two defensive tackle in the nation and the number one recruit coming out of Utah. And finally, they brought in four-star quarterback Jay Butterfield out of California. He is a number 13 recruit coming out of that state. And he's also the number three four-star recruit coming out of, uh, actually the number three overall four-star quarterback prospect in the nation. Uh, moving on, we have Miami here at number 17. They brought in 19 commits, uh, 11 four-star recruits, and also eight three-star recruits. At 16, we have South Carolina here. South Carolina has brought in 22 overall commits, including uh, one five-star, seven four-star, and also 13 three-star recruits. Uh, at number 15, we have Tennessee. They brought in 23 commits with 12 four-star recruits and also 10 three-star recruits. Uh, and uh, at number 14, we have Washington here. They brought in over 20. They brought in 22 commits. This includes a five-star, nine four-stars, and also. 11 three-star recruits uh, at number 13 we have Penn State they brought in uh, the most amount of recruits so far 
at 27 uh 27 guys here uh 11 four-star recruits and also 16 three-star recruits for the Mitten Lions. at number 12 we have the michigan wolverines here they brought in 26 commits they have 13 four-star and also 13 three-star commits at a number 11 we have notre dame the fighting irish have brought in 18 commits so far uh in the signing period uh they have two five-star recruits seven four-star recruits and also nine three-star recruits at number 10 we have oklahoma who brought in 22 cats so far 14 four-star recruits eight uh, and eight three-star recruits at number nine we have texas here they brought in they brought in uh 17 overall commits including a five star 12 four star recruits and also four three star recruits including notable signees such as running back bajan robinson who is the number 15th uh rated nash uh number 15th overall prospect in the nation he's also the number two running back prospect and also the number two prospect coming out of the, the state of arizona they brought also brought in quarterback hudson card who was the number two overall rated quarterback and also the number eighth prospect coming out of texas and finally they brought in defensive tackle Vernon Broughton. He is the number 11, uh, number 11th overall, number 11 overall rated defensive tackle and also the number 14, uh, the 14th overall, excuse me, the 14th overall rated co commit coming out of Texas. Uh, let's go to number eight. We have Florida. They brought in 24 guys here, including 16 four-star and also 17 three-star recruits. Uh, we're going to go to Auburn at number seven here. They brought in 24 commits. They brought in one five-star commit. Uh, they brought in 13 four-star commits and also 10 three-star commits. Uh, at number six, uh, they, uh, this is Texas A&M. We have 22 commits here, including one five-star recruit, 12 four-star, and also nine three-star recruits. Uh, at number five, we have LSU. Uh, they are dominating on the field. They are also doing pretty well in recruiting. They brought in 21 overall commits, including two five-star, 13 four-star, and also six three-star recruits. Uh, we're going to keep going. We have number four, Georgia. Georgia has brought in 19 overall commits, including two five-star commits, 14 four-star commits, uh, and they also brought in three three-star recruits as well. Uh, moving on to number three, uh, we have Ohio State. Ohio State has brought in 25 overall commits, including two five-star 14 four-star and also nine three-star recruits. Uh, we're at number two now. We're at the Crimson Tide. That means Alabama. 26 overall commits for them. Six five-star, 11 four-star, and also four three-star recruits. And finally, uh, this is the team with the most five-star recruits here. This is Clemson. Uh, I don't know the exact number of commits, but they were able to bring in six five-star, 11 four-star, and also six three-star recruits, including notable signees such as defensive tackle Brian uh, Brian Reese, who is the number one uh, rated prospect in the nation. He's also the number one defensive tackle and the number one prospect coming out of the state of Maryland. They also brought in uh, defensive end Miles Murphy, who is the number three nationally nationally rated prospect. He's also the number one defensive end, and he's the number one prospect out of the state of Georgia. And finally, they brought in quarterback DJ Ugalele. He's the number 13th rated overall commit in the nation. He's also the number one quarterback 
back. Uh, and he's also the number three rated athlete coming out of the state of California. So we already got a, a splash here. A lot of teams looking to make a splash early in terms of the signing period. Uh, looking like it's looking like uh, Clemson is going to take this and hold this for the rest of it, at least until the end of the recruiting period, though. Uh, six five star recruits. You cannot beat that. They are looking to play with a champion. Uh, same can be said for Alabama, who has a second most uh, five star commits. Teams want to play for the champion. Uh, however, uh, I think the biggest haul overall uh, would be, uh, looking back on it, is going to be North Carolina. Uh, they buy in a good mix of cats here, uh, four and three star recruits. Uh, I, I, I'm not, I can't remember who exactly they have uh, coaching coaching those guys there, uh, but definitely looking to make an impact in a in an ACC outside of Clemson uh, that is somewhat winnable. You, you can definitely win some games in, in, the, in the ACC outside of having to play Clemson. You're not going to probably beat Clemson a whole lot, but North Carolina is looking to at least make some strides. I also liked what Nebraska was able to do too. Uh, bringing in 10 four-star recruits, that is the most out of all the bottom tier teams. Like I said, uh, they are looking uh, to definitely improve. They made some improvements to that facility and and it's looking like it's paying off in terms of the recruiting aspect. So uh, look for, I think, Nebraska to make some to make some moves uh over the course of the offseason as well uh they might even get better uh with this recruiting class as well uh oregon of course uh they are signing five-star recruits at a rate that, they, that they've never done before so there's a lot to be taken away here oh uh actually penn state has the most recruits here so that's a good look on them they brought in 27 commits so far 11 four-star guys here 16 three-star recruits uh definitely uh looking at challenge in the big 10 as well uh so i'm gonna take another quick break uh my final break uh and then uh, we'll be talking some nba news uh not so much news but i do have the scores for you guys from last night and also i will be going uh over the Saints just a little bit uh just talking about them a little bit and also like i said uh lebron Kawhi, uh what we saw christmas day and uh uh, who's the face of the NBA right now? We're going to talk a little bit about that. So I will be right back, y'all. All right. All right, y'all. I am back. I'm gonna wrap everything up for today. I'm gonna to be talking some NBA. Uh, and I'm not gonna get into the scores from last night. We are pretty much underway into today's action. So I'll save the scores and the standings for a, a, a later time. Uh, but for now, I'm gonna just talk a little bit about the LA, the battle for LA and who's better between Kawhi and LeBron, a little bit about LeBron's age and all that. So let's get right into it, of course. And the big question is uh, who runs LA? And of course, the season series will tell you uh, that is without a doubt uh, the Clippers uh, the Clippers are 2-0 so far um, the last victory of course came uh, Christmas Day uh, the Clippers were able to get what was the score to that game uh, 111-1-6 of course the Lakers are still number one if I'm not mistaken in the West uh, they lost they had lost four in a row uh, to that point, uh, of course, they lost another big game before that against the Bucks, who uh, the Bucks were just coming off uh, a win streak at one point in time, a very impressive win streak at one time as well. Um, now, uh, so far in the matchup, you can say easily say that the Clippers are 
of course, the, the better team because uh, they are up two and up. Uh, now, <clears throat> some of the quotes that you might hear uh, from Anthony Davis and maybe uh, LeBron as well. Uh, I think Kyle Kuzma spoke to this as well. There was a sentiment that the Lakers beat themselves. I I get it. I get the sense of where they're coming from. Uh, but, you know, let's not take away the fact that uh, uh, sorry, the Clippers play pretty damn good defense, especially on LeBron. And they forced LeBron into a lot of threes. Uh, they forced LeBron uh, into nine. First, first of all, he was 9 to 12, 9 to 24 shooting with 10 of his shots coming from three pointers. Uh, now, he didn't make none of those shots, of course. Uh, <clears throat> he was deed up by Patrick Beverly. He probably had some defense on him from Kawhi as well. I didn't get a chance to see all the game. Um, but the the numbers were well no no because clip the Clippers out rebounded them they had a better shooting night uh, again so there were some things that I thought the Clippers did better uh, again they shot the ball better they rebounded better uh, the Lakers would force 16 turnovers though so I think that's that's where the I think we beat ourselves. Uh, chant may come in because there were times when the Lakers they did for what it's worth uh, the Lake uh, the Clippers had a a, 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 a a field goal percentage five percentage points better uh, but at one point in time the Lakers were actually winning the game by 15 points so you have to put that into account there um, no excuses though for the Lakers I don't I don't feel for this I mean there's no more victories none of that uh, you know they they didn't, you know, they lost. And so, and did they beat themselves? Yeah, to a degree. But on top of that, you know, there was some great tremendous defense from the Clippers. So we can't, we can't, um, we can't dispute that. As far as the, as far as the injury growing is concerned about LeBron, do I believe he has one? Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't think people just make up growing and just make up injuries. I think maybe the, the severity, people may kind of fluctuate on that. It might be worse one day and then another day they might not hype it all up. But I, I think, you know, injuries are real. I don't think it'd be right for us to get all to that mode where we want to, you know, question all that and want to say that. I think he is going through some pain and it definitely take did take away from his game on Christmas. <clears throat> now, the question is, is it going to be a, a real problem? And usually with age, problems like that do persist. So it, in my opinion, uh, it would be, I mean, I am kind of, you know, concerned to understand about how LeBron is going to hold up for the rest of the year. I think any any real, any real logical fan uh, that knows, you know, would kind of be into it. Because again, you know, he's, he's 34. He's been playing in the league for what's uh, was is or is he thirty three or thirty four? He's been playing in the league for seventeen years. He's definitely injured. I mean, he's definitely. I mean, it's not. I'm not saying he's definitely injured, but he's, you know, he's definitely feeling something. He's gonna be feeling something after seventeen years. I don't know. Again, maybe it just might be. You know, I'm a too old for the situation, and maybe he don't know it yet. Uh, but I do believe that he's going through some pains. I do believe that it's taken away from some of his game. Uh, I, you know, with some with some time, can he get healthy? Of course, yes. I do believe. With that being said, even with the the loss on. You know, Christmas Day, you have to take into account, though, 
the Lakers are still number one in the West. So uh, despite being up on the Lakers 2-0 in the head-to-head matchup, they're still third in the Western Conference. It may be second in the last couple of nights. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> you know, so I guess you could say the Clippers win LA, but the Lakers are still the best team in the West. <laughs> so which one would you rather have? Now, off to the next question, is, Le- is Kawhi better than LeBron? And there's a two-part to that for me. If so, by how much? Uh, I-, I do believe that uh, Kawhi, it's, I mean, I don't like monikers like that. I don't like to, to, to christen anybody the best of anything or the, the best current this or the best because it's subjective. Um, I think at one point in time last season, you could have made a case for KD or Stephen Curry. You know, Clay Thompson has moments when he, you know, he looks like he could be outright one of the best players in the league. You know, he'll, you know, score 40 points in the quarter. Have you thinking, damn, like, I don't know, you know, so it's hard to say. Um, I think between Kawhi and LeBron, I, I think because of LeBron's aging, um, I think Kawhi currently is better. But I mean, why do we have these? Con- I don't even see why we have these conversations. I mean, just to put one guy down, just to exalt the other. I personally don't get it because again, we're talking about a team sport. Um, does Kawhi make his teammates better? Yeah, yeah, he definitely does that. But LeBron does that too in his own way. Um I I, I think because of I think age is a, is is on is on Kawhi's side. I definitely think uh, he has that going for him. He has a youth, he plays better defense. Uh I mean, yeah, I mean yeah, you could say that he's, you know, he's a better player. He is a better overall all-around player cuz he plays defense. Um and but how by how much is it is, is it is a wide margin? Not necessarily because what LeBron does is is equally great. Um, <clears throat> again, there's things that LeBron can do that Kawhi can't do. So uh, I think there is. I mean, I think Kawhi has established himself as the best player. Um, and in a way, is he the best player in the league? Again, it's, it's kind of subjective because you'll have people that, you know, swear swear up and down about James Harden. There's people that swear up and down about Giannis. Uh, so I don't feel like there's a there's ever been any any co any cohesive push uh, from Kawhi. I mean, you know, by the media they just push Kawhi as the guy, but more so that they're trying to push him as just being better than LeBron. Uh, because everybody's stuck on LeBron being the best player. But again, I don't, you know, for what it's worth, LeBron necessarily isn't the best. He hasn't technically, he hasn't necessarily been the best for years now. He's just the face of the league. So <clears throat> I, I, I think Kawhi, you know, with age and, you know, with, you know, low management, he definitely has, you know, some fresher legs than LeBron. Um, I think for now he looks better. We'll see what happens come playoff time. And finally, uh, how much does LeBron have left, really? I think with another year of, of some injury issues, uh, we'll see how far they can make it to the playoffs. We know that they're a playoff-bound team this season. Um, I would say about a season or two, uh, maybe three max, honestly. Um, we're, I guess, again, we're dealing with another another season of growing injuries. 
I don't know how much. I mean, I, again, I, I don't. You know, you can't speculate for a grown man and what he gonna do with his career. But you know, it's hard. It's I mean, it's already you know, it's hard to 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 really envision somebody playing through a whole lot of pain, through a whole lot of discomfort, through a whole lot of time, a possible time having to sit on the bench. Uh, I do believe that LeBron has, like I said, a couple more seasons left in him. Uh, he will be playing. He's he's definitely slipping, and I think it's more so because of age or age and you know the combination of age and injury and you know those nicks and moves catching up to you as opposed to players just being naturally better than him uh because because to be honest with you Kawhi has been the same player uh since day one in the league and it, and you know it's not like he's improved his game in my opinion or necessarily done anything to change the game or you know have the people you know go turn 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 on their heads like you know Steph Curry did so, in a way, yeah, he's healthier than LeBron. He's younger than LeBron. He can play defense. LeBron doesn't play defense. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Again, all all these questions are surface. I think a lot of people just you know make these make these stories happen in the narrative because again, it's I don't get it. The storyline is is what's happening. You can make the storyline about what's going on in what's actually going with 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 what is actually going on. Um, you can make a storyline with the standings right now, and you can make a storyline with you know the, the nightly games. I mean, you don't need to you don't need to make storylines by by comparing an aging player to a, a young player fresh off a championship. I, I think that's too much. Um, you know, they they always try to make a LeBron story out of nothing. You know, and they're always trying to compare him to to MJ when he doesn't need to be paired, compared to MJ. This is a whole different situation. Just and on the mat, I mean, because what it's gonna do is a, you know, it does. Yeah, okay, LeBron is good. You give him his little props on the back, but then it makes the hate for him even more so. Like, oh, this guy LeBron. You know, so don't nobody need to hear all that all day. Nobody needs to hear how better LeBron is to Jordan. Nobody, you know. LeBron is who he is. We need to stop comparing the today to the past because it's not the same standard. It's not the same situation. We need to stop saying this was better, that was better in the past, or this is better today. We don't really know because we cannot put those two entities together. So you might as well just you know hold on to what was good in the past and respect or hold on to what you like now, and you know that's how you need to keep it. So you know because. Uh, I don't know. I, I and as far as you know, back to the, the whole you know drama about who runs LA. We'll see come playoff time. I don't think that the regular season makes a difference. I mean, we obviously know the team is going to play. Both these teams are more than likely going to see each other in the playoffs. I, I, I personally am more concerned about what happens between these teams in the playoffs. And if they play in the playoffs, I think that that epic that matchup is going to be way more epic than what has happened over the course of this regular season. Believe you can believe that. Because uh, last year, uh, Portland, um, you know, it, they tied their regular their regular season series with with the Golden State Warriors. They were swept in the playoffs. So, regular season and postseason basketball, it doesn't it doesn't equate. Let's just keep it real here. That's why James Harden never does shit uh, <laughs> when it comes down to you know real basketball uh, during the regular season in 82 games. Ooh, wow, 50 points here, 60 points there. Give me a 60-point game in Game 7 of the Conference Finals and win the game, and then we can talk about how great James Harden is. Until then, I don't want to hear all that. Um, LeBron is, is, is as good as he's going to be right now. Uh, is is Kawhi looking to, to overtake him and be the face of the league? Yeah, but 
I mean, they've been trying to groom a whole bunch of different stars to do that, and it hasn't worked. They tried it with, they tried it with, you know, Curry, and uh, Curry lost, and they had to, you know, KD, but KD was a snake. So we'll see who they, who people want to gravitate to. Uh, people have turned on LeBron. We'll see who people really want to gravitate to when it's all said and done. I don't, I don't, you know, that's the people's choice. You know, I don't know what they like. I don't know what the internet in Instagram more like that. <laughs> All right, y'all. I'm gonna call it a wrap for today. Uh, this weekend, I plan to finish everything off uh, with uh, some college basketball. I want to get you guys up to date on that. The rankings there, what's going on, who's good, who's bad. Uh, maybe the recruiting landscape a little bit there as well. We gotta talk about their draft board and their draft prospects. Of course, we gotta do some draft prospects in the NFL. Uh, that won't happen this weekend, uh, but I am gonna get some college basketball uh, content for you guys start getting that going we are in the midst of that season we've been in the midst of that season so i gotta start getting that together um I also got an NFL wrap-up, of course. Week 17 is will be in the books uh, Sunday night. I'll try to get back to you guys Sunday night. Uh, that's the plan. Uh, so we'll give you guys some college basketball uh, update on the world on the street, what's going on and um, in terms of the news. I'll give you guys some of that. And uh, next week it'll have to be. But I, I have a concert that I'm working on. Um, but I'm working on something I just thought about. I wanted to come up with a list of my favorite video game soundtracks uh, from all time, ranging from all systems, don't matter, old, new, whatever, uh, but I wanted to give you guys a, a list of the top 10 video game soundtracks, at least according to me, and then um, I wanted to share that with you guys, and that's one of the main things I've seen about so far, and as I come up with con uh, content, content and concepts, of course, I'll be just be revealing them to you guys all right y'all if you are looking to get in touch with me you can hit me up on my email at ljbutler75 at gmail.com that is eljbutler75 at gmail.com remember eljbutler75 at gmail.com i also have a instagram and a facebook page at ljamaljani that is e-l-j-a-m-a-a Sorry, E-L-J-A-M-A-H-A-D-J-A-N-I. Once again, that is E-L-J-A-M-A-H-A-D-J-A-N-I. Uh, L. Jamal Johnny, I am on Facebook and on Instagram, so look me up there as well. And I have a Facebook page for the show, at Never Out of Bounds, just spelled just like the show. Uh, never, N-E-V-E-R, out, O-U-T, of course of and bounce b-o-u-n-d-s if you find a picture of the tiger that is your boy that is me um yeah so um if you're looking to get in touch with me you have me there i also have some links to my paypal and to my uh cash app if you are looking to make any donations anything is really well appreciated again though i am more so looking for your interactions any ideas any uh constructive criticisms you like to add any ideas you'd like to see me implement into the show to make it easier for you to digest this information, please let me know. That is what I am looking to do. This is, again, this is going to be, well, hopefully my career. This is what we're working to. So please, um, interact with your boy. Let me know um, if this is the right choice. <laughs> Uh, anyways, uh, I'm gonna let y'all go. Enjoy the rest of y'all day. Uh, if anything does come up out, you know, you know, I'm gonna just pop up either with this, uh, or maybe even just an Instagram post. So just to kind of say, bam, this is my reaction to something. So look out for those as well. I'm trying to, um, 
it'd be a lot easier once I get a laptop but I'm trying to get more active on the social media and I'm using my phone for all of this so far now recording uh, social media posts all that this that and the other so it's a little bit you know it's a little bit tricky right now and we're gonna figure it out I broke my phone recently my screen late recently so I've been having some glitches with my phone uh, dealing with that so we'll work I am working things out give me some time uh, I'll be working some things out I'm, I'm ready for the next step in terms of this I still plan on going to YouTube at some point uh, like I get back like again that's what the you that's what the laptop will be for I'm gonna get a microphone set up as well so uh, any help with that or just any encouragement any ideas on how to go about recording any type of advice by all means I'm here for that as well I'm also into voice acting so again this is all you know all in 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 one a one-stop shop here so again if you're looking to get up get in touch with me I do I have left the links there for you I will make them more visible on my social media platforms as well all right y'all i am out of here uh peace out one love and uh, if anybody hasn't told you yet i love you and i'll holla at you later